Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The 2021 Wimbledon Championships are now just days away, but there are still three tournaments spread across the grass courts of Europe this week before the action begins in London on Monday. And which players will succeed at the All-England Club this year? Our experts will break down the most compelling storylines all week long. And we are checking the hashtags and handles from all the tennis platforms to bring you the latest info and entertainment. So watch your step. We're seeing Double Vision on TC Live right now. One more week to prepare, and then the championships will be upon us. But we've got some 250-level events going on on the grass in Spain and Mallorca, Eastbourne dealing with a little bit of rain at the moment. But we got a lot to get to over the next half hour, including the highlights from Bad Homburg and also Mallorca. Serena Williams chasing number 24 once again. Could this be her best shot? And leftover Father's Day photo that we need to show you and you're going to want to see and we're going to try to figure out here on Tennis Channel Live. Hey, everybody, welcome into our Tennis Channel studios in Santa Monica, California. I'm Russ Thaler with Chanda Rubin and Nico Pereira. Welcome. And we're just, we're a week away. That's it. We have one more week for the players to prepare on the grass. Who do you think looks best so far? Um, for me, it is Ludmila Samsonova. She came up big and, and a bit unexpected having to qualify in Berlin, a 500-level WTA event. And it wasn't just the fact that she won that tournament. It's the players that she had to beat. She went through the draw to beat Azarenka, beat Belinda Bencic in the final, Kuda Matova along the way, who's had a fantastic year, um, Madison Keys, Yvonne Drusova, the former Roland Garros uh, runner-up. It was an amazing week of tennis. She's a big hitter, definitely can do some damage on the grass. Yeah, Samsonova looked amazing. And congrats to Anstrabur getting her first title, first for a Tunisian woman. That's amazing. Who's looked best on grass so far for you, Nico? I'm going to go to the boys and Matteo Berrettini. Umber looked very good in Halle, but Berrettini just dominated Queens. And the way he played on the clay, this guy is a solid top tenor. He can contend for the majors. I'm really looking forward to watching him play the next couple of weeks. And we're looking forward to all the action this week as we get ready for Wimbledon. Let's start with the women in Bad Homburg, a new tournament. Petra Kvitova is the number one seed. You figured she would have a, a decent enough time against a very low-ranked player. It didn't turn out that way, Chanda. Tight match. It was. In the first set, Peter won the first set. And she came through qualifying, so she had a couple of matches under her belt. And you could see the confidence, but Kvitova... Found her game, found her rhythm, started hitting out on her shots, finding the court, returns like that one, stepping up to the baseline. The serve started firing, and she won that second set. A bit of a pretty handily. But in the third, Peter 
she impressed and surprised a lot by got getting up a break to love, but Kvitova, again, the big hitting, stepping inside the court, the confidence that she has in big matches, especially on grass, that came through in the end, finishes with an off with an ace. Really good, solid win for her after a bit of an injury and some time off. All she can handle from the 387th-ranked player in the world, Jessica Pagula, up to a career-high 25, looking great on the grass, the American. Yeah, I had no real trouble against S in this match. I'm on Dines. Uh, won the first set pretty handily. Pagula hitting big, hitting confidently off the ground. The movement was on point as well. And anytime she could step in and get inside the court in the midcourt area, she came in instinctively. That has helped her game. And she has been a big match player, Pagula. But she's also taking care of business against the players she's supposed to be. Those ranked a bit lower. And Frustrating day for her opponent, but Jessica Pagula with no real trouble today. Jessica Pagula into the second round in Bad Homburg. And for the, the uninitiated, Jessica Pagula might be a newish name at the top of the heap in women's tennis. But it's taken a long time for Jessica to become an overnight sensation. Now ranked 25 in the world. Chanda, what do you make of her rise from, well, really, you start in 2017 at 632. And now where she is now. Yeah, I think she started to find the confidence. She's worked with a few really excellent coaches, including Jimmy Arias, now working with David Witt, who understands the game as a longtime coach of Venus Williams. And, you know, she's, I think, just finding her game. She's always been a big hitter. She's always had the weapons, but it's putting it together in the big matches, getting over that hump. And you saw in 2018, started kind of finding her form. And it's not an easy road, and she's done the hard work. I think that's been a big benefit of her game. And now it's paying off. And she's beating some of the big-name players consistently, and it's been impressive to see. Now just uh, at the start of the bubble tennis last year at the Greenbrier, we spent three weeks there, and I saw her working with David Witt, and she was really working hard, and David was having some very positive things to say about her, and she's just taken off after that. Really happy. Could not happen to a nicer girl. Yeah, and you mentioned how well she's done against the best players. 4-0 this year alone against Carolina Pliskova, someone that Pliskova, I'm sure, is not looking forward to seeing near her in a draw anytime soon. A player on the men's side who's been shooting up the charts, Casper Rude, the young Norwegian. Yeah, top 15 in the world. Yeah, talk about two guys going in opposite directions. Gilles Simon, an ex-top tenor, he's having issues. Has not won many matches this year, but this guy, since we saw him win and in Houston, you know, he's playing some unbelievable ball. He lost that finals in Houston, but he played a great week. And he's just been shooting up the rankings, very consistent, getting stronger. And if this guy starts cracking the ball a little bit harder, he's top 10 material. He's just a great mover, very solid player, does not give you anything. Against a veteran like Simon, not an easy win, but Rude just keeps tacking them up. Casper Rude going from Christian's son to Christian being Casper's dad. Exactly. Pretty quickly at this point, Rude into the second round of Mallorca. Tennis Sangren. The American in a match that had to be continued over from yesterday, taking, well, the Mallorcan, Jao Munar. Yeah, another world team tennis veteran. This guy is so strong, so fit, serving well. The first set against Munar, and the Spaniard that was, you know, promoted to be a guy in the top 50. He got hurt. Happy to see Munar playing well again, but a good win for Tennis Sandrin here on the grass. Not his favorite surface, but he is a good mover at 6-5, and Munar really gave him a lot to work for in this match, but Tennis Sandrin did well to come through.
Tennis Sangren coming away. Match point here. Straight set win over John Munar. The American moving into a round two. And what are these players? Obviously, they're all looking for wins. But what else are you looking for as far as form is concerned with the major next week? Yeah, I think it's about getting those matches on the grass. It's been a short a short buildup, especially with Roland Garros moving a week later and players not having played on the grass last year. So I think a, a little bit of, of excitement, maybe a little uncertainty. And this is a great match for Tennis Sangren and players like him who were trying trying to build. He had to come back and finish that match the next day. It was held over um, from the night before. And so I think it was good the way he worked his way into the match um, today. Maybe wasn't his best at times. He was a little frustrated, but that's part of getting on the grass and making Making this transition, this transition, you've got to work through some difficult moments, and he was able to do that today. Well, you have to make grass your friend. That's that's the first <laughs> part. But I, I'm surprised at the field we have in Mallorca this week. Of course, the Nadal name packs a big punch along those parts. But we have met. We have three top tens playing there this week. Obviously, looking to get some grass court time on the quick turnaround. But the court looks in pretty good shape, and we have a Novak Djokovic there playing doubles. He's playing doubles. The other thing is we need Mother Nature to comply. It didn't happen in Eastbourne today where everything got wiped out. What that does, though, is make tomorrow all that more interesting. Here's a look at some of our featured matches on Tennis Channel and TC Plus with names like Bianca Andreescu and Daniel Medvedev, the number one seed. How about Dominic Team? We haven't seen Dominic Team in quite some time, and now we're going to see him on grass tomorrow. Big question mark. He is motivated. He says he's having issues concentrating throughout the whole match. Let's see how he looks against Adrian Manarino, who is an experienced player. He will not hit him out of the course. So Team will have a chance to get some rhythm in his game. It's a good matchup. For him, but I'm very curious about what he's bringing to this grass court season. Who are you looking forward to? Well, in Eastbourne, it's such a tough draw. So many top players playing in the first round matchup. We have Coco Golf and Elisa Mertens. That'll be an interesting one. Golf has been so impressive over the course of the summer thus far. She's coming onto a surface that she is very comfortable, that she's had some success on, but still as a young player, still trying to get more of those matches on the grass at this level. So this should be a good test, but uh, certainly a winnable match for her. This should be a really good week. I know we're all looking forward to Wimbledon starting, but there's so many good players playing this week that we're going to have just some amazing tennis to watch. We already got a hot shot coming your way out of Mallorca. That's coming up later in the show. But when we come back, we're talking Serena Williams back at Wimbledon, still looking for slam title in singles number 24. Chasing history with Serena next. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Oh, yeah. Next week, Grand Slam action back on the grass at the All England Club. And we've got coverage every day wrapping up the evening from Wimbledon on Tennis Channel. It's a week from Monday, the 28th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 1.30 p.m. Pacific. Back on Tennis Channel Live here in our Santa Monica, California studios. We're talking about Wimbledon. You can't help but talking about Serena Williams again going for major victory in singles, number 24. 
it looks like this would be her best shot. Would you agree with, with that assessment that right now on this surface is her best chance to get it? Yeah, I certainly think it's one of and probably the best chance when you look at Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, what she's done, her results there, and just the confidence she has when she steps out onto the grounds of Wimbledon. And you look at what she's done over the last few years at final in 2019, lost to Halep, a bit of a surprise, but back-to-back years, was runner-up, did not play in 2017 uh, because of, of having her daughter. But she has always been so tough to beat on this surface. And, you know, she starts the tournament and sometimes it's a little scratchy, but she finds ways to get through tight matches. And you have to think she's going to do that again. She has struggled a bit um, over the summer, didn't quite get the matches on the red clay that she would have liked. So that's going to be a bit tough. But, you know, it's nothing nothing you can do to offset the, the... feeling that somebody has when they step out onto the grounds, into the stadium of a court where they have been so successful. Her game seems to come together, the serve off the ground, and she's going to be very difficult to beat again, I think. She's come so close, both at Wimbledon and the U.S. Open, a couple U.S. Open finals. What, what's, how does she get to that next step and get that one finally? She's been so much looking for. Well, it's really tough, and you're right in that assessment that this is her chance, but her best chance is always her next chance, and she'll do the same if she doesn't win Wimbledon. To me, it's important that she went to the clay, won a couple of matches, got her footwork in. It's all about rhythm for her. If she manages to click with the serve, she has the strokes. As Chanda was saying, she can do it in, in many ways. She has such confidence there. She feels at home. So, yes, this is the place, and and I like what I saw from her, from her in Paris and what, how Patrick Moratoglu, her coach, has been talking about her preparation coming into this Wimbledon. And, and I think it's very likely that it could happen. Yeah, well, we're seeing a lot of Serena at the Moratoglu Academy with her daughter, Olivia. It's all on hard courts. Haven't seen her on grass yet. How much grass does she need? to get ready for Wimbledon? You know, I think it's kind of a personal call, and every year is a little bit different. For a lot of players, they choose to actually practice more in the hard courts. You get more of a rhythm, and you can play, you know, develop your points a bit more. And so no surprise that Serena would be looking to hit a bit more on the hard courts. Don't know how much she might have hit on a grass court. Um, if, if there are any around, but certainly it's about the moves. It's about mm-hmm. the aggression she's trying to bring to her game, making those moves into the net, trying to finish points, and the movement has looked good as well. So I think if she can keep those things going, it's about her confidence. And in the big matches, we are so used to her raising her level. But it's nice to see her having fun here, and I think that should help. That's been the struggle for her at times in those big matches over the last few years. Yeah, there are no grass courts at, at Moratoglu's. I find it very rare that he would have grass courts there, but I agree with you. Keeping it light, those videos that she's been posting before, she was ostracized during the event. She didn't want to talk to anybody. She didn't want to see the press. Now she's embracing it. I think that's a big step towards playing loose. What happened to her is that she was not able to display her full game in those matches that she lost, those close calls that she had with number 24. I think this time she could be ready. Uh, we saw, you talked about aggression. We actually saw a little friendly aggression there in training where she pegged her practice partner. Yeah. But it looks like she's laughing and having, and having fun. How yeah. important is that for Serena? You know, I think it's always important to keep it light, to, you know, have those competitive practices, but where it's still a bit relaxed and, you know, keep it fresh. Um, but she's been doing this for so long. This team has worked together for so many years. And you think about how difficult it is to kind of create, you know, those, those the motivation, you know, kind of do things 
things a little bit differently. And I think we've been seeing that a bit in her matches. She talked about it being close, still being maybe a little frustrated that she's not getting some of those big points. But I think she's been trying to make the right moves, you know, coming in, hitting volleys, trying to finish off points in those areas. And I think that will pay some dividends if she con continues to commit to it. And that's always the challenge. Well, I don't think she has to be playing for history. That's, that's the main part. She has to focus on what she has to do, one foot in front of the other. And, and when you look at this number, they're, they're just unbelievable. Yes, Margaret Court had 11 Australian Opens in, in, in those 24 titles. So Serena's 23 look pretty hefty, especially if you look at what comes after in Steffi. Chris and, and Martina is just great because we had a chance to live through those while we were playing. It, it was just a great sight to see. But Serena with 23, it's, it's a big number. Uh, we're, look, we're all lucky <laughs> to be living through the Serena era right now, yes. which is ongoing. And the play is ongoing in Mallorca and Bad Homburg. More highlights still to come here on Tennis Channel Live and a hot shot you won't want to miss. We'll be right back. Pegged her practice partner, yeah. but it looks like she's laughing and having and having fun. How yeah. important is that for Serena? You know, I think it's always important to keep it light, to you know have those competitive practices, but where it's still a bit relaxed and you know keep it fresh. Um, she's been doing this for so long. This team has worked together for so many years, and you think about how difficult it is to kind of create you know those those the motivation, you know, kind of do things a little bit differently. And I think we've been seeing that a bit in her matches. She talked about it being close, still being maybe a little frustrated that she's not getting some of those big points. But I think she's been trying to make the right moves, you know, coming in, hitting volleys, trying to finish off points in those areas. And I think that will pay some dividends if she con continues to commit to it. And that's always the challenge. Well, I don't think she has to be playing for history. That's, that's the main part. She has to focus on what she has to do, one foot in front of the other. And, and when you look at this number, they're, they're just unbelievable. Yes, Margaret Court had 11. Australian Opens in, in, in those 24 titles. So Serena's 23 look pretty hefty, especially if you look at what comes after in Steffi, Chris and, and Martina. It's just great because we had a chance to live through those while we were playing. It, it was just a great sight to see. But Serena with 23, it's, it's a big number. Uh, we're, look, we're all lucky <laughs> to be living through the Serena era right now, yes. which is ongoing. And the play is ongoing in Mallorca and Bad Homburg. More highlights Still to come here on Tennis Channel Live and a hot shot you won't want to miss. We'll be right back.
Back to Bah Hamburg we go. Central Germany and American Enli on the left facing off against Anna Zaya. And it was all the American on the grass today. Yeah, the first set and Lee able to get out to a quick start, kept it going. I enjoy watching her game. She's an athletic player, a good mover around the court, looks to come in and play in all areas, and that should serve her very well on the grass as she gets more matches, more experience on these courts. She's been getting more main draw wins this year. Uh, but the second set got a little bit trickier, and it's always tough after you win a pretty one-sided first set to maintain the focus and the confidence you're confidence your opponent starts to play a little bit better because they have nothing to lose and this was impressive in the end for Ann Lee closing this out in two sets Game the second one a little tight but she got it done Ann Lee turns 21 in five days maybe the most undercovered American prospect she's ranked 70 in the world right next to Sloane Stevens what's her ceiling right now Ann Lee well if Chanda says that she enjoys watching her then her ceiling is very high I think she's <laughs> I like her athleticism as Chanda mentioned and the fact that she can play in all surfaces also speaks very well about the diversity of her game King yeah. of Prussia Pennsylvania native doing things no I, I think she's just gaining more experience I mean we hadn't heard a whole lot about her until last year I mean we heard a little bit if you'd been watching through juniors and kind of you know, following some of these players. But I think she's still building, and she's still getting the confidence, figuring out how her game matches up against the field. And I think once she once she figures that out and continues to, to move up the ranks, she is going to be a very difficult player, a difficult competitor. And, again, she's got good variety in her game in terms of her, uh, her ability to play in all areas of the court. Definitely one to watch. Another young American on the rise. Back to the men, back to the grass in Mallorca. And... It's time for Karen Hatchinoff taking on Lucas Puy, the qualifier from France. Hatchinoff ranked around the 30s for most of the past few months. It's a strange case of a guy that was top 10, but so was Luca Puy, and he has gone down in the rankings almost outside the top 100. And it's a very strange situation with Puy that cannot manage to win at this level. He's been playing on the challenger level, and... Today against Hasanov, very tough opponent. Puy, a very talented player, trying to find ways to win. And here he takes the second set. It looked good for him there at the end of the second, but in the third set, Hasanov right off the bat, raising his level, hitting him. His usual hard forehands, situating himself at the net and breaking to start the third set. And here starts Pui with his negativity. I don't think that's helping him too much, and that was the case today. Hashanov in a tight one. But Pui is a case that, you know, somebody should be looking into because it's very strange that he cannot win at this level anymore. A tough first-round match for both guys, really, when you think about it, with the talent on both sides of the net. Yeah, and I think, you know, to Nico's point, for, for Luca Pui, it's maintaining that focus. It's maintaining the belief over the course of a, an, a complete match. And after getting that second set, he played so well. And then in the third, the beginning of the set, dropped to serve, you know, completely lost the plot of the match. And I think that's where it becomes tough when you're struggling to win matches. That innate confidence is just not there in difficult moments, and it's hard to get it under pressure, especially against a guy like Hatchinoff. Yeah, and Hatchinoff so well. moving on to the next round in Mallorca. We're moving on to see what's going on on social media. We call it the social net, and we start with Stan Bavrinka. This is obviously a little POV from Stan, and yup, the uh, left foot surgery 
and he's back in recovery. That's too bad here from my man, Danny Valverde, his coach. Stan is very positive and upbeat, as we can see him here, smiling under the circumstances, and we wish him the best, but it's, it's a case at his age that it's very worrisome. Surgery in March, and again, surgery in June for Stan. Get well soon, Stan. How about a leftover uh, Father's Day picture? This is a throwback. What do you think that is, Chanda? I guessed Stefano Tsitsipas. Looking go. at it, his father, I see the resemblance, and look how cute. And you were right on. Am I right? The, you were right on. Looks. I never get these usually. <laughs> that was Apostolos yes. and Stefanos. <laughs> Very nice. I love seeing those throwbacks from when they were kids. And I mean, look at the, the young man he's turned out to be, and what an ambassador for Greek tennis. It wasn't that long ago, that picture, I tell you. The kid is only 22. Look what he's doing. <laughs> All right, time for us to go to break. But, hey, take note of these times when we're getting going tomorrow. It's 5.30 a.m. Eastern in Eastbourne. Remember, they were rained out today, so they're going to get a half-hour earlier start. But we got you covered, of course, on Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus all day long. Thirty a.m. Eastern in Eastbourne. Remember, they were rained out today, so they're going to get a half-hour earlier start. But we got you covered, of course, on Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus all day long. Mentioned Eastbourne being rained out, so did the uh, Wimbledon qualifier. So tomorrow, 96 matches, 64 on the men's side, 32 on the women's side for Wimbledon qualifying. All the players you see on the left-hand side of your screen, those are the American men who will all be in action tomorrow. And it's three matches to qualify, so still a lot of work to be done. But what an opportunity for these guys. If they can at least get through that first round, they'll get a lot of confidence from that.
interesting crease. Eubanks has been playing some good tennis, winning some challenges. Maxime Cressy, that guy has two first serves. Yeah, huge serves out of the tree. He, his serve is like a hot shot. Here's a hot shot. Nico, from yesterday in Mallorca, Adrian Manorino and Jan Leonard Struff. The professor. Manorino, such a clean hitter of the ball. And Struff, the big man. Oh, from Germany. That was a leaping tweener. Adrian net cord pass. Reno made that shot off the wow. net cord. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's showing off. That is showing off. That was in suspension. He was jumping. He yeah, was showing he off and showing out because he won in straight sets. And Adrian Manorino, he's got Dominic Team tomorrow. That should be an interesting match. No? I, I can't wait to see Team and hope that he recovers his form of Manorino. It's a good match for him to do it because he will not hit him out of the court. He will have a chance to have some rallies. Here's, again, a look at uh, the matchups tomorrow. And, uh, Chanda, you mentioned Coco. What else are you looking forward to on this list? Yeah, I mean, we're interested in seeing how Andrescu, Bianca Andrescu, comes out, has had some injury issues against Christina McHale. Again, this is a match she can get into points, get into rallies. Uh, can she maintain her health and, and come out and play some good tennis? Yeah, all these matches have something interesting. Jasper Gula, as we mentioned before in the show, Daniel Medvedev seated first, and I'm surprised he's playing in Mallorca this week, so enjoy that. And team, as we were just talking, let's see what he's bringing. I hope his confidence and, and his concentration are back. Medvedev is pretty comfortable on grass. He just says he needs some confidence. Do you think maybe that, you know, Nico said he's surprised he's maybe playing. Do you think he's just looking to get some wins, trying to get some confidence? Yeah, and I think, you know, having not played on grass in over a year, almost two years now, I think players are just wanting to get the grass legs back, kind of get some matches under their belts, and only way to do that is in matches. Well, we just got one episode of TC Live under our belts for this week. Looking forward to many, many more for Nico and Chanda. I'm Russ. Hope you enjoyed the tennis today. So much more coming your way starting at 5.30 a.m. tomorrow on Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus.